0: from We First and Goal 17 Media. Welcome to Lead With We. I'm Simon Mannering, and each week I talk with purposeful business and thought leaders about the revolutionary mindsets and methods you can use to build your bottom line and a better future for all of us. And today I'm joined by Deanna Bratter, Head of Sustainable Development at Danone North America, the world's largest public benefit corporation. And I'm so excited to chat with her because she's going to explain, well, what does that mean? And how do you deal with the complexity of a portfolio that's at different points in their purpose or sustainability journey? And then how do you tell that story in a way that unlocks value for the business and impact for our future? So Deanna, welcome to Lead With We.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: It's so nice to see you. I think, um, gosh, there's almost life pre-pandemic, right? We saw each other 2019 at the B Corp retreat in LA was the last time, right? That's right, that's right. It feels like a lifetime ago.
1: Indeed it does, but in, uh, in that time business has gone on. You know,
0: I look back at the last year and it's obviously a year and a half and it's been so tragic on so many levels, but it's also been such a powerful watershed movement or moment for business in terms of how they need to innovate, how they need to look after their people, how we need to be more mindful of the planet. I think there are some silver linings in there. What would you say?
1: I would agree. I think that uh, as people coming together, really understanding humanity and looking again toward what the opportunities are when we come together to solve problems. I think it was very clear during the pandemic. I think it's very clear when it comes to the food system. Um, And on a personal level, uh, as we think about environment and the interconnectivity, I would say that plays a role as well.
0: It definitely does. And, and you're, you're like me, we're all out there kind of guns blazing, driving the change. And it feels like more stakeholders, more people are with us now. You've got the investor class that have really stepped up. You've got employees, you've got consumers. I feel like, would you, would you tell me if this is fair? If you look back at 2019 and how we felt then when we had that conversation in the large room of the B Corp retreat, it was kind of like, how do we get more people involved? I think more people are on notice now and they're paying attention in the right way.
1: Yeah, I think the conversation with the B Corp community is not just about how to get more people involved, but how to get more diverse stakeholders at the table, um, how to open up our understanding and make sure that we have representation of the communities we're all trying to serve in the room as we try to define business forward. And then I think that really looking at the conversation and uh, for sustainable development and business's role um, in redefining success and looking at business of Uh, it always feels like an insurmountable challenge because these are huge problems we're trying to solve. Uh, You know, when we look through the lens of business at climate change or um, social justice topics, um, you know, these are collective action topics. This is about change together uh, and really looking at systems. And so I think in 2019, it felt like this huge opportunity to bring more people together and sort of tackle these challenges. And, and now maybe being not all the way on the other side, but a good amount on the other side of the pandemic, we can say we can tackle big challenges together. We can bring in innovation. We can come together as a community and as a country, as a global um, sort of together to solve some of these big challenges. And, and let's do that now on climate change and some of these other big problems that we've got ahead of us.
0: I completely agree. I have to say that I'm, you know, we are facing a lot of challenges, but I'm more positive than ever because so many people are paying attention to the right priorities now. And I I like to think of it in terms of how do we make the impossible inevitable? And the only way we're going to get there is together. You know, there's no way that anyone, billionaire or one company or one impact organization is going to do it on their own. Now, you know, Danone is an amazing company. It's been a sustainability leader for a long time. And you're the head of sustainable development for Danone North America. For those that don't understand what that title means, like, what does that encompass?
1: Yeah, so Danone thinks about sustainability as a core part of our business. We have a frame of action that we refer to as one planet, one health. That's really about the interconnectivity of health of people, health of the planet, health of our products. Uh, And so my job is trying to bring that through. I cover topics across climate, uh, water, waste, energy, as well as responsible sourcing and human rights and uh, responsible packaging, sustainable packaging and circularity. And so my job is not only to help design uh, and build our ambition into the strategy of the business, but also bring it to life through our brands so that our consumers can connect uh, with that purpose and impact as well.
0: It's such a multi-headed beast in a way, because as you say, you've got your own supply chain, you've got your own people to look out for, you've got your products to take to market. It's almost like the demands of your job or anyone committed towards our future or sustainability suddenly is busier than ever because, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement, with the climate emergency, with, you know, a fair and living wage, all of these issues, they've come to a head at once. Has, Has that been your experience?
1: Uh, I think these issues have always been there. And it really comes down to these are really tough topics to prioritize, right? We're not going to wow. choose climate over water or freshwater. We're not going to cl- choose, um, you know, social topics over environment. So it's really a matter of bringing them together and looking for the intersection, you know, of of where the work can come together and where we can create the biggest impact. As you said, No one company can do it alone. So what's our unique opportunity through our health propositions and our business to bring these topics together uh, and and do our part? And everyone knows
0: the known products. We all see them on the shelves. Most of us, you know, consume many if, you know, like, or if not several, the known products. But tell us about the company. I think you're you're 6,000 employees.
1: Yeah, so uh, we're a global organization in North America specifically. We're about 6,000 employees, about uh, $6 billion uh, in sales, and uh, we have headquarters out in Colorado, uh, as well as in White Plains, New York. Um, I actually came to Denon through the acquisition of White Way Foods. I started way back in 2005 on the Silk plant-based beverage brand uh, when it was a Boulder-based founder-led company. Uh, and my passion was really to be part of uh, the food revolution of bringing plant-based to more people and seeing Silk in this, this vision of the founder and through a wild ride of um, different ownership models and IPO, and then in 2017, the acquisition of White Wave um, by Danone um, landed here and it's been quite a ride.
0: You know, as early as 1972, the founder of Danone, you know, Antoine Rebeau, he he talked about corporate social responsibility and he said that, you know, it doesn't sort of end at the factory gate or the company door, but it really is about being of service to people. I mean, that's visionary way back then. What has been your experience over the last four years as to that sort of heritage?
1: Yeah, you know, that quote is known by every employee, globally over 100,000 employees um, who all are owners of the company. Uh, A couple of years ago, um, we launched an initiative called One Voice, One Share, and making sure that all of the 100,000 employees across the company had a share of the company and became decision makers and owners. And that philosophy of our responsibility doesn't end at the factory door is really bringing people back into the business and making sure that um, we are good stewards in the communities where we operate or where we source our ingredients. And so Uh, That vision of this family-owned business um, that is, you know, around for a hundred years stands absolutely true today through our employees. Um, And the idea that the decisions we make and really living this vision as business as a force for good is through each one of us. So while I have the um, honor and the privilege of leading this One Planet, One Health vision, um, I am not the one who is on the, you know, manufacturing plant floor making that decision of uh, efficiency or what to run or when to flip the packaging to reduce waste as much as possible and so inspiring educating and really engaging our people is key to unlocking the success of our vision
0: yeah that human capital that walks through the door every day is your biggest investment for sure i mean you know you when you and i were talking in 2019 we were walking around the b corp retreat and i know we we were both gnashing our teeth over the things that we're frustrated about you know getting people engaged, scaling the efforts and so on. A process like you're talking about in North America is complicated. And as you say, it's ever-changing. There's always something you're not getting right or something you're working on and so on. Give us a a sense of some of the challenges you've experienced over the last four years or some of the learnings at least where you've gone, wow, here's something we've got to solve for or here's a new way of looking at something so that we could sort of integrate it and take it to scale more effectively. What, What are some of the things that jump out?
1: It's a great question. I think going back to that idea of how do we define good and what moment uh, are we choosing to define good? And I think that's where B Corp and the model of B Corp becomes really valuable. So how do we assess ourselves on a variety of indicators across social environment, governance, transparency, and what are we striving to? So B Corp not only gives us a benchmark of our performance, but really starts to set the stage for what does best in class look like um, and what does good look like? And one of the uh, really incredible learning examples was when we were going through the assessment for the very first time, um, the, the question of living wage came up. Do you pay your employees an individual living wage? And we looked around the table and said, I don't know that we've ever assessed that before. Right you know we we pay competitively we're market competitive you know we think we've got a good proposition for employees Um, but let's learn about living wage. So we looked and used B-Lab for guidance as what the standard was. And when we actually went through and did the assessment, we found that 100%, well, at the time it was about 98%. Now it's 100% of our employees are paid a living wage. And so it gave us awareness to start asking questions we might not have asked before. And then we found out in this case that we were performing quite well. So let's formalize it. Let's create a standard for an individual living wage. Um, And as we recertified earlier this year, 100% of our direct employees are a living wage. And that gives us a really great uh, proof point on our journey, on our improvement. And now it sets the stage for what's next.
0: You know, that is such a key point. And I think irrespective of what business anyone is in, telling that story about whatever impact you're having is half the battle. And I think a lot of brands struggle to do that. So when it comes to being a B Corp, And, you know, that moment of decision when you've got to be in the consideration set, someone's standing in front of the shopping aisle, they got all the milks in front of them, they see Horizon or whatever it might be. Like, how do you tell that story in a way that will consciously or unconsciously motivate a consumer to choose your brand?
1: Part of it is you got to live it. It can't be short-sighted in terms of we're jumping from one topic to another. If we're an impact brand and a purpose brand, we have to stay true to that over time. Uh, and it might be on the website with a more engaged consumer who wants to go looking for the information, or it might be on pack. Um, the new Horizon uh, whole cartons that are out on shelf today actually tell the story of the carbon positive commitment and what we're doing um, on this journey. There's also this element of you know some brands are really. Uh, fortunate to be launched with purpose, to live with purpose, to start with purpose or purpose born. I think, Simon, you might have introduced me to that topic and concept Uh, and others um, who are evolving and figuring it out along the way. Um, We've got a yogurt brand that's just about three years old called Too Good. Uh, And it is a um, low sugar, um, the first of its kind in the market, Um, tastes amazing, resonating with consumers. And when they were exploring this product launch, they said, what are we going to stand for? And really took the opportunity to challenge. um, We know how to launch a product. Do we know um, how to really resonate on an impact level? And Too Good took a platform around um, food waste Uh, And really looking at the issue of um, food waste in the US and quickly realized that not only is a third of food produced in the US wasted, but one in seven people in the US are suffering from food insecurity. And when you put those two topics next to each other and look at the amount of wasted food and the amount of people who need access to food, um, you start to really see some unique opportunities to lean in as a brand. And so Too Good launched a uh, limited edition flavor called um, Good Save with Meyer lemons, and they're actually sourcing otherwise um, wasted food or verified rescued fruit. From farms. So it would have been surplus or otherwise wasted and are actually using that in the spec of this uh, lemon product. So really looking for innovation and looking for ways to authentically address issues in the food supply chain um, and bring change out to the people we're serving.
0: You know, all of this is powerful in terms of the impact it can have all the way up your supply chain to farmers, all the way through to the products that consumers are buying. But it's a lot. I mean, if you think about what you just shared, you've got waste, you've got water management, you've got all these specific issues. Then you've got your brand portfolio of all the different products you take to market. Then you've got North America, then you've got Danone globally. Give us a sense of how you as a brand organize all of that. So it's, you know, what is that architecture that allows you to balance all of those things? Because without that, It can just be really overwhelming. It can be we're doing this over here, this over here, this over here. Consumers don't know what's going on. Your employees are confused. Like, how do you manage that?
1: Yeah, Uh, it's a place we're constantly leaning into because you really want to meet people where they are uh, in order to tell the stories. And that goes for both our employees, our strategy, our business strategy, and really making sure that we're making it um, ambitious Uh, but attainable, uh, so that we're making change and that we can celebrate the transformation, the change over time. So our One Planet One Health framework helps guide that. Under One Planet, we have uh, what we refer to as our nature cycles team, and we put a lot of those uh, environmental focus issues under there. So our agriculture cycle, the water cycle, and the carbon cycle. Um, And then we also have things like packaging circularity. And under One Health, we're really looking at better products, better choices. Um, and um, better offerings for whatever the consumer trends are, the consumer needs are, whether that be nutrition, health, um, or other dietary options, gluten-free, um, among others. And so um, really looking through those lenses, we're constantly trying to find the balance. When we, uh, when we really do things right, we see them come together. On a day-to-day, uh, our team and our business is structured with this idea of business as a force for good. And because we are not only a B Corp, but a public benefit corporation, we have a legal obligation to be asking these questions, asking the hard questions. Um, and really, um, the answer is not always yes. Sometimes the answer is no. We can't afford it. It's on a, the wrong timeline. But when you're asking the question, you're starting to build in the awareness. And then the next time you ask the question, maybe we're a few weeks ahead and we can make that change happen. So I think the balance of how you integrate it into senior level business decision making, how you incentivize it as part of your corporate goals and objectives, and then how you flow that out into the business in terms of engagement and accountability all help with those many priorities. But I also have an amazing team, both within my team and around the business of stakeholders who are just as passionate about creating change and using business as a force for good in their own role um, and so you see these little sparks um, happening all over the business of where we're challenging each other and we're asking the questions uh, and that's how change happens that's how horizon's carbon positive journey was started um, that's how the two good brand uh, launched among others so uh, i continue to see the power in the community in the people and in the vision
0: know there are those companies that are sort of purpose born you know that's just who they are that's how they came into the world there are those that are reborn or they're living with purpose now and there are those who really haven't begun their purpose journey and when you're a large organization like Danone inevitably you've got this blend in terms of the different sort of paths that brands have gone on how do you manage that like give us a sense of you know you've got the leaders you've got the laggards how do you keep all the kids at the same dinner table shall we say
1: I think just like in any family, empowering everyone to be their true unique self and sort of bring their strengths to the table is an amazing one. Uh, Consumer insights play a huge role in how we design our brands and how we look to speak to consumers. And I think we really try to set a spectrum. So we have probably around 20 brands in North America Um, And we're really looking to, we don't want all the brands working on climate and carbon in the same space. We want to be looking across brands to connect with the consumers uniquely. Um, So we do a variety of work. One of the um, programs that we have is called a manifesto brand model. Uh, And it's a model that as we're looking at our core brand insights, what is the reason to believe? What is the brand purpose? What is the brand tagline even? Um, We're also um, pulling that model through what is this brand's contribution to health? And what is this brand's contribution to planet, both social and environmental? And from there, we look at equity platforms. So we are really looking to build our brands or rebuild and uh, reinvigorate our brands with these concepts of um, manifesto and purpose um, into everything we do. And for some of our brands, you will see it right there on pack on the shelf. And some of our brands, you'll see that we're doing quiet work, um, starting with employees. and, um, And you'll start to see it on the website with our Um, how we source our ingredients, how we engage our employees, and really how we're designing the product differently um, to meet the goals that we've set forward.
0: I think it's really important what you're saying, which is, you know, each brand is at a different point in their journey and they get upgraded appropriately, but also each brand needs to show up in a way that's authentic to them. Like you've got brands that are more allies that, you know, believe in something that others do. You've got brands that are more advocates for change on a certain in a certain way. You've got brands that are more activist in nature, taking on issues head on. And, you know, just because you want to be purposeful or a B Corp doesn't mean you have to pick fights with everyone. You know, you need to have your appropriate, you know, tone, shall we say? You know, there's a tension here that I'd love to ask you about, which is, you know, you're one of the you're the largest B Corp, and at the same time, you've got to compete especially in the plant-based area. You know, you've got the Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat and so on. So when you're all trying to solve for a common challenge, which is the climate emergency, but you're also trying to compete for market share and mind share, how does that shake out? It's got to do your head in occasionally.
1: Uh, It's one of those like uh, positive tensions that you find that you've got to strike the balance there and really um, leaning into that. And I think the opportunity... Um, to really define what success looks like uh, is is right there alongside. And the reality is not every consumer of every product is interested in buying a product that resonates with their values or that speaks to their purpose. Um, You know, consumers are evolving. Um, Everyone says, you know, we talk a lot about the M word, the millennials. We talk about sort of the evolving consumer. I think going back to maybe where we started in the conversation with the pandemic is people are reevaluating what's important to them. And they're trying to um, maybe think differently about the choices they were making in food, or the choices that they were making um, in, um, you know, spending and sort of how they were um, spending their resources. And so I think as we're thinking about those tensions, we have to take a lot of considerations uh, into play, both from the consumers and then directly into those business decisions. And I think sometimes we run away from the tension and we have to embrace the tension. We can be a product who cares about food waste, who is still trying to solve our packaging challenges, um, being in yogurt cups. Um, And we have to embrace that reality and just make the commitment that continuous improvement is ultimately the goal, not perfection in in the now.
0: I I agree. And, and, you know, that tension is so productive because you see, compostable packaging now just taking off. And you see all these different sort of innovations coming because of that pressure from consumers. You know, it's a healthy thing for the business and for the future. And rather kind of resist it, as you say, you listen to it, you're really attentive and you see that as instructive as to where the business needs to go to be relevant to the future, to be on the right side of history and so on. You know, and I, and I you was know, doing some research before we chatted today. And I love on your website, it says, each time we eat and drink, you can vote for the world we want. And I think that's increasingly true today. I think more consumers, more investors, more employees are acutely aware of the challenges we face. And they're also very mindful that government has its own challenges, nonprofits, NGOs, foundations are doing their best, but business is sitting you know, front and center as this powerful opportunistic sort of force for change. Do you feel pressure from that? Do you feel excited about it? Like what gives you cause for optimism? based on this very sobering moment, shall we say we are, in terms of sort of the last year or so?
1: Yeah, Uh, I think it's human to have both sides of that, to be very optimistic. I think that's what makes a good sustainability practitioner, uh, to be honest, which is this idea of um, resilience and influence. You know, that's ultimately my job, is to look for the opportunities to influence, to really see the opportunity to... Um, bridge the reality of how huge these challenges are, um, which can sometimes feel insurmountable. I've described it before of rolling a rock up a mountain, a big boulder, uh, and sometimes it comes back and crushes you. And you got to start the next day from the bottom of the mountain, pushing that rock up. And some days you get it over the peak and you can really create change uh, in the system. And we've got an entire dairy category who's rethinking um, what agriculture looks like and bringing back in um, regenerative practices into that system that haven't been part of mainstream dairy for quite a long time. So I think it's uh, when I look to examples like that and when I see the change happening, even if it's slow, um, it, it's um, I'm optimistic. I, I also think... Um, sustainability topics can be incremental. And I think we are all looking for transformational and we have to both embrace the incremental milestones as part of the transformational journey so that we don't get burnt out, quite honestly, Uh, because there's a whole lot of work to be done.
0: Oh, I know you, you and I come from the same cloth, Diana. We're both like bloody minded. We're like, we're going to take this on and see it through no matter what. And you, you, you do need that. And to use your metaphor, you know, we're pushing the rock up the hill on the next day, you know, like Sisyphus, you know, you've, <clears throat> the rocks down the bottom again, every single day, more and more people are joining you in pushing that rock up the hill. That's how I feel. More and more of us, for sobering reasons, are waking up to the reality we face and that rock's getting lighter in as much as there's more hands you know, on, on the effort. And you know, if you could wave a wand, Deanna, you know, in terms of your lens on North America, this you know, massive brand that touches everybody's lives, and you could drive one change whether it's, you know, internally with employees, whether it's, you know, out in the sort of institutional investor world, whether it's with consumers, is there one lever that you would like to push, one change you'd like to see happen that would help?
1: Um, You know, you could go down paths of policy or change. I really would bring it back to people that this awakening of social justice um and the idea of justice and equity for all people has the opportunity to transform not just our social uh future uh and society but also the environmental challenges we're facing and uh, i feel like business often looks at climate and environment for the sake of climate right Uh, and emissions reduction for the sake of reducing emissions and not for the sake of humanity Uh, and so I think the transformation I would make is to make everyone feel empowered to be part of the solutions for a more just and equitable society together. And I think we will see incredible changes, not just in our many social challenges, but also in our environmental ones and our responsibility there.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. I think the same connectivity between these crises, whether it's the environment and humanity, you know, social inequities that's currently working against us and arguably making things worse, can also work in our favor. Because as we solve for one issue, that provides part of the solution for something else and that same connectivity can kind of compound in a positive way instead of a negative way. Deanna, thank you for sharing some of the insights into Denon North America. And, you know, I think there is real power in being the largest B Corp to set an example out there because as you say, it really forces companies to be accountable in terms of how they're showing up in the world. And that's really what we need right now. So I really appreciate what you've shared today and the example that's being set and look forward to chatting more.
1: Sounds great. Thanks, Simon.
0: Thanks for joining us for another episode of Lead With We. Our show is produced by Goal 17 Media and you can always find more information about our guests in the show notes of each episode. Make sure you subscribe to Lead With We on Google, Apple, or Spotify. And do share it with your friends and colleagues. You can also watch our episodes on YouTube at WeFirstTV. And I'm excited to share that my new book, Lead With We, is now available for pre-order at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Google Books. So check it out. See you on the next episode. And until then, let's all lead with we.